It feels like Tuesday, but it's not Tuesday. It feels like Tuesday in, the, in this basement studio in Kensington, Maryland, on the Audible. I'm Ken Marangolo. I'm missing Tim Strachan and Kevin Rickett tonight for this special edition of Off Season on the Brink. Um, and I'm joined by James Dorsett of Hogs Haven. James, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Uh, you mean your uh, post came out today, the uh, stats post. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, James usually covers our our Moneyball. You know, get inside the numbers, stats guy. He, he loves that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I try. So this article is a perfect example of it, uh, of why it's uh, great for us and also why we love it that you're doing it on Hogshaven. Um, so yesterday, for those who don't remember, I, I got a little emotional, got a little dusty uh, on, uh, on Hogshaven, and I, I just kind of p- summed up more on the passion side of what, what Kirk Cousins means to this football team and why it's uh, a, a, an easy investment to make. And then today... James Dorsett put out a stat-based reason chart, if you will, of why Kirk Cousins is definitely worth the money. I think we, we the, our one-two punch this week was pretty awesome. Yeah, man. You're like the, the yin to my yang, or how you say it, left side of the brain, right side. We got both different angles attacking this thing. Usually, I'd like to think we proved the point. Well, Usually Kevin's the yin and T's the yang, and I'm the little hyphen in between. Uh, but that's for <laughs> the glue in between. Yeah, that's just for a different show. Uh, all right, so let's go through these um, these stats. Let's go through why this is a no-brainer from just about every which way you think about this. Number one, he, he set multiple franchise passing records. So, what stands out to you the most of his numbers that where he went back to back? I mean, I think what you just said, the fact that he went back to back, I mean, he did it twice. If you look through all Redskins history, um, there's only three guys that really have ever done that. And you're talking about Sammy Ball, who I think is one of the greatest football players ever, and a lot of other stats analysts would agree with that. And then Sonny Jorgensen. And by the way, Sammy Ball, it was pretty easy for him because, you know, he came around in like the the fifth year of the history of the Redskins. Um, So... You know, that, that that is very impressive to me. And the fact that Cousins did it in his first and second year as a starter, I mean, that is not the case with uh, with Ball and, and uh, Jurgensen there. You know, he just came, started playing, started getting the, the starts every week and, you know, just setting records back-to-back. And uh, he could have put, put up even higher numbers. He had a little slump there at the end of the season, but... I mean, yeah. Um, Looking at some of the numbers, too, from the last two seasons, I mean, 2016, 23rd all-time in completions, 15th in passing yards, uh, completion percentage in 2015, he's 11th all-time. I mean, it's it's crazy numbers that he just put up. 11th all-time. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have, like, uh, a a team that's as old and, you know, decorated as the Redskins are and some guy just shows up in his first two years he puts his it's like if you're playing the video game in the arcade in the old days and and your your name is the first two two names no one's better than that Mm -hmm. yeah first two is saying something I mean that's that's crazy when you have your name at the top when you're that good to do that but to have your name at one and two that's impressive that's when you're like I knew I was good 
but I knew I could beat me. <laughs> yeah, when you're your own competition, then you're on a different level. Um, he ranked near the top of the league in every major quarterback statistic. Yep, and I could have, you know, uh, elaborated on that. He yeah. did it in both years. Um, I didn't actually look at the combined years, but I'll just tell you, spoiler alert, it, it combined when you add them up, he was top of the league in both of them. And when I say top of the league, you know, that's, that's a relative term to say top 10, top 5, but he was top 8 in pretty much every important efficiency metric that I look at. I think I looked at 8 of them in the article, um, and let's see who else joined him this year to do that. Matt Ryan, MVP, Tom Brady. I, I don't need to say anything. Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't want to say anything about him. Drew Brees. And then last year was Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson. None of those guys besides Cousins was top eight and the eight stats that I looked at um, in both years. So he, he's sitting alone. I mean, that's, that's consistency right there. One of his key stats, um, accuracy, that was your – your number three is my number one. I, I also don't think that uh, your list is necessarily by rank, but um, this is to me. This is th- this is where I, you know I'm ready to commit to a long term you know relationship. He he's right. he, he's not just. I got, people give him. I, I don't understand the knock on his quarterbacking ability. Um, when mm-hmm. if you look at on our show all year long. I, bored people to tears with passing attempt updates. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he wouldn't qualify for the NFL's all-time quarterback, you know, accuracy until 1,500 passing attempts, which he didn't get, mm-hmm. you know, until late this season. But, you know, at, at 1,250, 1,350 passing attempts, he was tracking to be number one in the history of the NFL, you know, as soon, you know, as, soon as he qualified for it. And like you said before, he kind of dipped – uh, in some of these stats in the last few weeks. Uh, but he's still one of the all- most accurate all-time quarterbacks in the history of the NFL anyways. Yeah, I mean, that that's just amazing. I, you told me that stat before the show. I, I did not even know that. I had not been tracking it. I did know that he wasn't quite at 1,500, and I think I was looking at some other stats that we'll get to later. But the fact that he was all the way up there is amazing. And, um, you know, you could say, oh, it's, it's a small sample size. He just got to 1,500. Well, it was actually when I was doing an article really easy for me to look at the stats for um, the career stats because, yeah, you need 1,500. I think it's only 155 guys in you know the nearly 100-year history of the NFL that have that many career attempts. So it's not that small of a sample size. Um, and, yeah, I mean, looking across the board, completion percentage career, third all-time, at home, third all-time. And, you know, I was talking about uh, how he was first in the NFL uh, – in 2015 in completion percentage that year, he set the all time single season record for home completion percentage. It was like 71%, I believe. And even when you adjust for era, um, he's still 23rd all time in completion percentage. Um, which I, I really think I want to drive on the point. The era adjustments are really important because the game has changed so much, um, over the years. I mean, I was looking at some of the 1930s stats to, to see who the record holders were in like, well, I don't know. I think the guy in like 1934 is the record that he had for the team high in completions was like 11. So that's important, but still top 25 all time. Um, and I know you're going to get to it next, but a lot of people are probably assuming that he was just doing it, dinking and dunking down the field, uh, Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder, but that's 
not really the case. I mean, he, he was nope. putting the ball in the air, and he has been his whole career. So, I I mean, it, it, to, it, to me, it was I was shocked that he didn't develop a better uh, touch with Deshaun. Um, it just never really mm-hmm. happened uh, the way right. you know it has for other great wide receiver quarterback combos. Um, I think he throws a great ball. I mean, I think, you know, he, the, you know, missing Jamison Crowder against the Cowboys at home early in the season. Um, you know, that's to me that, that, that was like his, one of his worst plays. And that's when you have to, I don't know that that's when you wonder, but if, when you look at these numbers and you see like really what he did on such a regular and consistent basis, he didn't do it by dumping it to Chris Thompson, you know, that's just not not the case. No, and, and I I don't know why people don't look at him as a more accurate passer. I I think I hear some people they have the dinking and dunking argument, which I just said I'll get to I'll, as soon as I say it, this next thing. I'll, I'll talk about that. But I think that they say that he leaves receivers open. Um, he overthrows them sometimes. But I mean, sure, I, I think any quarterback does, even even some of the best ones, but. When you're in the top five all time in, in like every accuracy, I can't talk statistic. Um, I mean, uh, th- that just tells me that he is, in fact, the accurate quarterback. Maybe he's not third best all time. He, he probably isn't. Like, again, error adjusted, he's 23rd, but 23rd is, is pretty damn good. Um, and again, he's not a dink and dunker. Uh, I looked at yards per attempt and all time, he's 12th in that. He's, he's 14th when you adjust for era. Um, and then they have stats that are kind of new, like air yards per attempt, which air yards is, you know, the actual yardage that the ball travels before the, the receiver catches it. It's kind of like the, uh, the reverse stat of Yak. Um, and he ranked highly um, in, in air yards and air yards percentage, air yards per attempt um, in each of the last two years. And he's only getting better in that stat. Um, so he's definitely not dinking and dunking it. You can just throw that one right out the window. I mean, he does throw a lot of short passes to Jameson Crowder and Jordan Reed, but I think he's really doing a good job of hitting the guys in the deep and intermediate parts of the field. And uh, actually last year he uh, had, I think it was 40-something passes of 25 yards or more, and that is, I believe, the third or fourth most in recorded NFL history. I think those stats go back to about 94. But, I mean, that, that's, that's an insane number. I know, you know, the passing game in the NFL has exploded the last, you know, three to five years. But, uh, again, you, you can discount it a little bit, but you can't entirely discount stats like that. Well, plus, if you go back, I mean, he was, he was a 70% uh, accuracy passer last year, 69.8. Mm. And if you look at the freaking New England game where I think we had uh, – 38 drops. Um, you're, yep. you're talking. You're talking about the number one all-time passer. If that game goes a little bit differently, I mean, he he threw for eight. He threw 80 percent four times last season. Um, he dropped, a, you know, a handful of 70, 70, 70 to 77. I, I think this this year, but mm-hmm. I don't know. He, to, yeah, it's our, not our guys close. did pretty good with. Yeah, our guys did pretty good with drops. But yeah, that that was a horrible game. I remember I was tracking the drops uh, through most of the season. And at that point we had like, I don't know, six, seven or eight drops on the whole year. And I think that was like halfway through the season or something. And then uh, we like equaled that amount in that one game. So yeah, that, 
that one did not go well. That definitely hurt his cause in uh, that department. All right, so we have to talk about advanced stats, but probably not too advanced. Uh, I think that I, I, what I like about these, because I, I don't know them that, that well, all of them, but what I do yeah. like them is they're, um, the way they let you compare players, certainly players across different eras. Um, I think that even the newfangled numbers, you know, they all also agree with what your eyes tell you. Right. Yeah, you know, like you said, they're, they're people consider them to be advanced stats, but I think that's just because a lot of people don't uh, know how they're calculated. I mean, some of them, they don't even technically tell you. They tell you kind of uh, what goes in, into the mix, but they don't tell you the exact recipe of how they come up with it. Um, and I kind of wish that they would demystify some of that stuff so people would – I feel like they're a little bit afraid of them, honestly, because they kind of don't understand them. I wish they would demystify them, um, but you know they're I, just not that widely used either. And because I disagree of that, I think completely. That kind of people off. I th- oh, think, do you? I think keep them mystified. Um, do, <laughs> I have no support whatsoever for any demystification process. I think every, you know, just like you, it's it's like a good recipe. You don't want everyone to know every single solitary ingredient that you put in it. That's that's a good point. And some of them are pretty complex, and I yeah. think a lot of people would would try to sit down and figure it out, and they'd be like, "Ah, oh, screw that." Well, they're just missing that <laughs> one thing. Like it's you know some like embedded if then statement that has to do with like sock color. There's no way you can you know model that. Come on, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, you guys probably guess I use Excel all the time for my articles, and at that point, I'd probably check out. And think, all right, just just keep giving me the the main number. Keep giving me the output. I don't want to deal with the input. But, yeah, I mean, he comes out looking great uh, in those stats, too. The, the ones that I looked at were uh, QB rating, which actually, you know, that's all traditional numbers. But the, the way they do that is, is so convoluted and kind of complicated compared to some of the other stats. Um, I had adjusted net yards per attempt in uh, the fourth section, the dinking and dunking section, since it related to yards per attempt. But that actually, I, I think, is maybe the best quarterback stat that's out there, especially when you uh, adjust for error with that one, because uh, that really incorporates everything. Like QB rating doesn't include sacks and sack yards, but adjusted net yards per attempt does. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was seventh all-time in that first career, and even when you adjust for error, again, top 25, he's 21st. So uh, moving on though to QB rating and some of the other, I do a lot of adjusting on. for error though. Just so you know, in my life, <laughs> did, did, do you? Yeah, so we're all uh, we can see eye to eye there. Okay, that's good to know. Um, QB rating, he he didn't come out as high there, um, but still pretty good. Um, I don't have actually those numbers right in front of me. I didn't have them in a table in the article. But uh, QBR is a big one now. That's the ESPN, kind of their spin on QB rating. And uh, both QBR and the next stat, I'm going to talk about DVOA, what they do and what I like about them is that they adjust for opponent, they adjust for field position, um, you know, they incorporate, like, clutch factors if it's the end of the game. So they incorporate game time, where you're on the field, you know, down, distance, everything. Um, And Cousins was top six in QBR in 2016 and 2015. And there's only 12 other guys. Um, I think it's 12 other guys that have ever done it. I think in multiple years and you know, I'm not going to sit here and go through the whole list, but the names are like Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. I mean, 
these are guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame yet. This is, this is a pretty new stat. The stat came out in 2007. But I, I consider them like Hall of Famers. I hate in every article I have to be like, oh, well, you know, it's the Hall of Famers and then the soon-to-be Hall of Famers. Like, I just want to – I'm going to crown them and say they're Hall of Famers. They're, they're like living legends. So he's right up there with that group. I mean, the only guy who kind of sucks on there. And I, actually, I, I think he's sneaky underrated is, is Matt Schaub. Um, and with DVOA, now that stat goes back farther than 19, uh, or I'm sorry, 2007. That goes back like 20 more years to 1988. So the list triples there. You know, we're looking at triple the time frame. But again, uh, it's 30 guys who were in both DVOA and, uh, defensive yards above replacement in, um, multiple seasons. And let's see, 13 of them are Hall of Famers and I, Actually, I take that back. 14 are Hall of Famers, and another four were MVPs. And, I mean, there's several other guys, including those MVPs, that could well make it in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, they're kind of <laughs> on the border there. But So, so again, every stat that we're looking at, or we're only on number five here, he's sitting with elite company. I mean, there's going to be, like, a Matt Schaub in, in every one of these, some random guy who was just okay for a couple years. But I feel like the fact that we're seeing him over and over and over with elite company is pretty telling. I mean, there's an outlier in every group, but why are we seeing him over and over like that? I mean, to me, that says something. Well, I was sneaking ahead also to number six, um, as you were talking about, mm-hmm. and we're being at number five. And the, the, now you're starting to get into something that I really, I really like paying attention to. Uh, someone who gets mm-hmm. the ball on every single play on offense um, has to be a threat to run, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. And even in the Super Bowl, even though Tom Brady's not an athletic qu- quarterback, part of that comeback uh, was uh, a pretty good scramble by him, which I don't think he, you know, he ever does. But not really. No. Kirk Cousins is not Tom Brady when it comes to uh, you know being a runner. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but no one's Aaron Rodgers really, or Cam Newton for that yeah. matter. But Kirk Cousins will get you the yards you need, and, he, and he, I think that's one area of his game that he's improved on from last season where he, I think he took a, a few yards um, that were there for the taking last year. I think he got them this year. Yeah, I agree. Although I hate to say the, the lasting memory I have is him not running on that interception I know. in the Giants game. I know. I don't want to put a stain on this, but that one does hurt. But yeah, he's got some Thanks a lot, James. Um, Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> But he, he he can run it though. Um, now the sample size is small. I, I admit that too. I, I got to get off the Debbie Downer trip here. Um, but when he runs it, he, he almost better than uh, maybe better than I didn't look at every quarterback, but I, I looked at the top ten in, in rushing since uh, rushing yards since he entered the league in 2012, and he's number one in, in first down percentage. Which, by the way, nobody looks at first downs enough. And, and I mean that's the key to the game on offenses and defenses: get first downs, get touchdowns. I don't know why we don't look at that, but first down rate is a key stat. And when you take out kneel downs um, and you use or look at what I call real first down rate, he's far and away the best um, career-wise uh, when you compare him to the other top 10 rushers since 2012. I mean, he's sitting at like 60% almost. And the next guy is the great untouchable Aaron Rodgers that you just mentioned. He's all the way down at 47%. That's 12% lower. Um Cousins also gets touchdowns too, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but first downs uh, also include touchdowns. But he has nine touchdowns in the last two years, and only Tyrod Taylor and Cam Newton are higher than him um, in touchdowns 
in the last two seasons combined. He also is only the second quarterback ever, ever of all time, to rush for uh, four touchdowns um, in consecutive seasons and throw for 4,000 or more yards in consecutive seasons. And the other guy to do that was, guess who, Aaron Rodgers. So, a, I, mean, I mean, again, really impressive. Not a lot of people knew that he could run it like this, but he can. Well, when I think when you talk about first downs being so important, again, you know, no one's Tom Brady, but his his ability to get the first down on third and one over the course of his career is insanely hot. Uh, you know, it's, it's, oh it's, yeah, I didn't include Tom Brady here, but he would have right. been like second first down rate. Yeah, yeah, of his QB sneaking ability. Plus, you know, so his from you know combine that with his ability to um, to not need, even need to to do that. Uh, I don't know. It's a ten yard fight. Uh, you know that's 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 what football is. And yep, we, when you can, you know, which makes it so frustrating that they march up and down the field with such ease uh, and efficiency. And when they get to the twenty yard line, something changes. Um, so hopefully that becomes a different story for us in twenty seventeen. Because to your point, we we got we got first downs this season. We got tons of first downs this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad that you brought up uh, the red zone problems because uh, before the show, I looked up his red zone stats from 2015. So I remember they were really great. And he's like, again, he's top five in like everything. He, he didn't throw an interception. He only got sacked one time. Some of these numbers like kind of blow me away. I, I don't know if Pro Football Reference, that's why I get a lot of them, is wrong on some of these because some of them are like surreal to me. But yeah, no interceptions, one sack. He was first uh, in interceptions, obviously, fourth in uh, first downs, third in, in sacks in the red zone, fourth in yards, second in completion, third in completion percentage, seventh in touchdowns. That was the one where he wasn't top five. So I think you have to wonder, you have, now he did have more plays last season, rushing and passing, but you do have to wonder if, which one of those seasons is the real Kirk Cousins? You know, will the will the real Kirk Cousins please stand up? Is it 2015 or 16? Is, is he bottom three or like top three? I feel like in these cases, it's usually something in between. I don't expect him to be that bad in that area uh, next year. And hopefully, Jay Gruden will run it a little bit more there and, you know, uh, take some of the pressure off Cousins. And I thought Dachshund was going to be a nice weapon in the end zone, or I'm sorry, in the red zone rather. But, you know, he wasn't even there, except for the game when we tried to pack in uh, a season's full of red zone targets in, in one game versus the Cowboys when we threw like three fades going. But. So we'll see, you know, that that's a perceived problem, but has he really been that bad his whole career in the red zone? I, I don't think so. I, you know, I love, I really do love Sean McVay, and I hope he does great. Yeah. I think you're going to see a difference in the red zone just based on, you know, going to a, a new blood um, at that level of the coaching staff. I, for whatever reason, it'll be interesting to watch what he's um, able to do for the Rams inside the red zone this season. I mean, Todd Gurley's awesome. Um, they really don't have much mm. else, so um, so we'll see. But I'll be looking to see what his uh, you know efficiency is inside the red zone uh, versus what we're able to do with basically his same troops. I, I it was it, it's weird, you know. I I definitely. I mean, there, let's be honest. There was some. There's a lot of decisions you could second guess. If, you know, if they just weren't such a really good offense. I mean, I just don't. To me, we haven't done a whole lot of bashing on this offense because, the, generally speaking, they were they were very productive. Um, they just weren't good enough. Uh, eight seven one is probably like the best way to define them. 
and mm-hmm. but but, uh, but but with tons of promise. Like in year two of a rebuild, um, I I would you have to you have to be happy about what they were able to do, and you know so we haven't really bashed you know the offense too much, but there were there's there were some play calls that you would go back and pray they wouldn't make again. You know the maybe like two of those fades to Doxon, for example. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe not do it like 20 times in one game. Maybe, you know, just two or three would have yeah. done the trick. But, yep, had to keep going to that well. And then they finally, I remember they finally got the one uh, fade to Garcon at the end of the season. They're like, oh, look what we did. I mean, it's but, uh, it's there. You can you you don't have to, like, run the play to prove anything. I mean, it's the fade's always there. Uh, I mean, we, we try to fade to, I think, the – Jameson Crowder in the back of the end zone, which was just a disaster. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's Kirk Cousins can throw a fade. We're going to have receivers that can catch it. So I'm not worried about that so much. I just think that with mm-hmm. Sean McVay um, moving on, I, I you know, there's going to be a different, uh, you know, brain making pulling those plays. And, I ho- you know, hopefully uh, the, 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 you know, the new combination of, of that and whatever we're able to add in the draft or free agency is going to, drastically change but we can't get much worse statistically speaking no we really can't um and two points to that and i'll try not to keep us too far on this tangent but uh we should have thrown to jordan reed in, in the red zone more it seemed like it took him like a third or half the season to figure that out and they finally figured it out one week and oh what do you know he, he got two touchdowns in the red zone um, they were desperate to, to prove something more. else yeah yeah, and and Doxon should help. And and one thing you got me thinking, and I don't know that I would mind it. I think you talked about it on the last show. Is you were talking about his troops, and I was kind of thinking, does he mean McVay or, or or Gruden? And I think we could see like a swap here where we get Kenny Britt. We've already been linked to him, and and they get like Garcon or Jackson or something. So that could that could be interesting. Um, and and I'm I'm feeling Kenny Britt right now. You know, I'm, if we were to lose one of them, I'm not saying I want to. I know you're a big. Garcon guy, but that would be a, a pretty nice consolation prize. One of the Kennys, I like Kenny still too. I saw uh, yeah. Mark Tyler had us looking at him uh, or, or taking him in his uh, like offseason breakdown today or yesterday. Yeah, I, you know, I would pay the money to keep Pierre Garcon. Um, we have money to spend. To me, he's you know he's a a great value for the next two or three seasons if you can get him. Um, for whatever you, you know, the going rate is, I think he's that valuable to us. You know, you talk about Kirk Cousins' accuracy, and you talk about some of the things he was able to do. Pierre Garçon was a big part of that, in my opinion. I also think you know Pierre, Pierre Garçon is the kind of guy who makes other receivers uh, on the field, you know, ten to fifteen catches better over the course of a season. Um, Deshaun Jackson the same way, obviously, but he does it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pierre yeah. Garçon did a lot for that offense. Uh, I, Losing him, I think, it would be a big deal. But um, losing Kirk would be, you know, even worse. I think your number seven was durability and low mileage. Yeah, and that's just talking about if we do keep him or wherever he goes, I think, based on what we've seen, he's going to be able to stay on the field. I mean, first, ask yourself, when has Kirk Cousins ever missed a game? Um you know, where, where we've needed him. I know for a while he was third string and, but that was performance based, but <clears throat> excuse me, but health he's based. never missed. 
He was yeah, perfect. Z- zero. He could have zero. He perfect. could have played and gotten his ass kicked a couple of those games. Like, yeah, he could. That is true. We could have left him in there against the Giants for another eighteen quarters and a hundred interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. But no, no, you're right. I mean, he's. Uh, he he doesn't. Which actually combines. I was going to say this combines with one with your number eight. To me, these two went hand in hand. Um, his durability and his health and, and ability to stay on the field it goes hand in hand with his ability to keep his jersey clean. Yep, never get sacked. Never. He's been he like this his whole career. Uh, seventh all time sack percentage, which total sacks. Uh, nobody looks at sack percentage. That's another way underrated stat. But total sacks are fine, but but you know how are you going to compare to guys that have been around forever? Seventh all time, and even adjusted for era, he's actually better. Sixth all time. The only guys ahead of him, and I mentioned in the article are Mark Rippin. This is not in order, by the way. Doug Williams. Let's see. Um, Peyton Manning, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is actually really good at avoiding sacks, by the way, and he has a really good line too. And Dan Marino. Um, now to the point about I the offensive line, I just made with Carr. Same thing with, with uh, Mark Rippin and Doug Williams. They had the damn hogs blocking for him. I mean, I, I, I'm really liking what we're putting together on the offensive line right now, but it's not the hogs. Um, you know, Trent Williams is on that level, but I don't think anybody else is on the level of Jacoby and Grimm and, and Bostic and May that we have right now. So it's really about Cousins, and one of my favorite things to point to with sacks with Cousins is 2014. We had McCoy playing like a third of the games, Griffin playing like a third, and Cousins playing a third. And you look at the sack percentage that year for McCoy and Griffin, and it's like 10 goddamn percent for them. And Cousins, it's like three or four. So that that tells you all you need to know right there. 10 Same damn offensive percent? Line. Huh? 10 damn percent? Yeah, angry. <laughs> damn. I, I, don't know, I don't know how much we can, we can cuss on this show, so I'm, I'm wanting to say another word. But 10 damn percent is going to make it past this, the censors uh, for sure. But I, I when I talk about... Um, than him never getting sacked. I, I think about it as like a boxer who, who's really good at protecting himself, you know, who doesn't ever take right. any uh, or many direct shots. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's a skill that, well, that not many guys have, but, but when, they, when they have it, I mean, Tom Brady, uh, he just, he, he shimmies. He'll have these shimmies in the pocket. Yep. Um, he's not a gifted athlete, you know, in, in the classical sense. Um, so he, you know, the fact that he's still been able to play this long despite being a statue is he, cause he's got that boxer that can protect himself, you know, ability. And I think cousins has that. I think he's, he, uh, he does take hits. I mean, he has, he has gotten rocked a few times this season, um, but they haven't hurt us and being sacks and he generally doesn't get those hits. No. And that is the opposite of what RG three and, and, Undercover he with ran Cole McCoy, low-key Cole McCoy. He's like, if you were playing a yeah, video game and you wanted your player to like get truck-sticked, uh, <laughs> you would just like run him around the field. It's like he's just running around the field and being like, all right, who, who's going to deck me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's look, looking like he's trying to get on the highlight shows or the yeah. where they used to have the – how did it go on ESPN? He, he got knocked up or not knocked up. That would be – Jacked up. Well, how did it go? It like jacked he got up. jacked up. That's right. I think they had to get rid of that for like the concussion controversy or something, but that that was oh, yeah. a great segment that they had. But he, if they still had it, he would have been on it like every week in in uh, you know twenty twelve. Shit, even this year he would have been on there. But he found just, a hit again. You look at the. Hmm? He, he 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 sought and found a solid shot to his sternum when he 
He should have expected it coming, and yet he still took the full brunt of a terrible hit and looked like a rag doll in the process. It's uncanny yeah, how how ridiculously uh, you know uh, obvious it is that it looks that he's trying to do it to himself. I mean, it's unreal how, how he takes mm-hmm. some of these hits still to this day. Um, it's unbelievable to me, but because he would be, he would I think he would be an effective quarterback. I, and this is where I go off on the, the worst RG three tangent ever, but. I, th- I think he could play this league if he could just avoid some of those hits. I mean, he'd be fine. He wouldn't be top 10 quarterbacks. and There's just not, not enough good quarterbacks to go around. He doesn't take those hits. He, he's easily top 32. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. Top 32. Um, <laughs> definitely not top 10. I, I don't know. He had problems with uh, – I mean, actually, his accuracy numbers are pretty good, but – I, I don't know. But, yeah, that, that is a big part of it. He just couldn't stay healthy, and a big part of his game was uh, his running ability. And, you know, he just got destroyed so many times that I think that was kind of taken from him. And one other thing I wanted to add about the stacks, too, is, you know, he, he has this perceived, cousin says, uh, issue with throwing interceptions. And, you know, that, that is the issue sometimes. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I almost wondered, I almost wrote some articles about this, should he get sacked more to avoid throwing more interceptions? Um, but he really, his two years as a starter, hasn't thrown that many picks. I mean, in 2012 through 14, he was sitting at like 4.5% interception rate, which is horrible, by the way. Um, actually, I was ready to completely shun Cousins last season because he had like the worst error-adjusted interception rate ever going into uh, you know his age 27 season. Now, now. His poor, James. four years. But, but I, I, turned, I, I, I turned to the dark side. Okay. But... The last two years, he's dropped like 2%, like two flats from four and a half. So, you know, he's not throwing as many picks. Some of them are in bad spots, granted. Uh, we already talked about that, but he's not throwing as many. So, so you know, I've got to get rid of that thought that he should take more sacks. He, he, he shouldn't. He, he's good at avoiding them, and it's keeping him healthy. And he, he uh, he's only been on one injury report to, to finish this thing up that we were just talking about, and he played 100% of the snaps last season, and there's only like eight other quarterbacks that have done that in the past four years. And again, okay, Blake Bortles and Jameis Winston are on that list. They're not that great, but the other guys are like Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, Eli Manning. I mean, it's, it's again, the best of the best. So he's durable. And by the way, this extends to college, too. He only missed one game in college. So it's not like he was battered and bruised in college and high school. He's been like this pretty much his whole football career. Kevin loves the way he plays in that regard. So, um, and it also leads us directly into uh, the way he he stacks up against against mm-hmm. the best players. So you know, pretty much up till now, all, a lot of the best players' names have been coming up as being comparable or or comps in certain statistical departments. Um, but if you take it in whole and you put all of Kirk Cousins' numbers together, again, sample size. It's you're not going to make him, you know, what he isn't at this point of his career. But um, mm-hmm. it 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 starts to tell a story. Yep, it's it's a good narrative, and I mean, again, uh, it, it's he's up there with the elite names. And I I looked at uh, you know again percentage stats to, to put it on a level playing field because some of these guys were starting right out of the gate, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I looked at completion percentage, first down, touchdown, interception, sack percentage, and I looked at uh, QB rating and yards per attempt and adjusted net yards per attempt. And then what I did is the average ranking for uh, for 
each thing that we looked at. And the first one I looked at is career, and he was pretty much worst in his career. Uh, but you got to consider he doesn't have the experience. So then I looked at through all these players, age 28 seasons. And, and by the way, the elite guys I'm talking about are, you know, dudes that have won MVPs and have been all pros, led the league in passing. You know, we've already talked about him. Rogers, Breeze, Manning, Wilson, Brady, Ryan. Um, but when you look at through age 28, he jumps basically up from last to third in, in this group of like 10 elite quarterbacks. And then, Finally, you know, again, he only started the last two years. A lot of these guys were like starting their fifth or, or were entering their fifth and sixth seasons as, as the primary starter for their teams when they turned 28. Um, so I just looked at all these players in their first two years as a starter in a vacuum. And Cousins basically went all the way from last when you looked at career all the way up to first. And, and that's really uh, and, the and message that, of our show, James, is we can take any Redskins argument. And the first part of the argument is, wow. They might be last, but by the time we're finished, by the time we're finished <laughs> compiling the appropriate numbers, uh, looked at in the appropriate fashion, and interpolated in, you know, pro- to protocol, obviously, he went all the way from the bottom of the pile to number one ahead of ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. It's amazing. I mean, it is. It, it, it's crazy. Like, like sometimes, you know, I'll be doing these and I'll have an idea of what I'm going to see. Um, I, th- I feel like I'm pretty good at coming up with the ideas and, and being right on them, but sometimes the shit just blows me away. I mean, I did not expect him to be first there. I expected him to be, like, in the top four or something, but ahead of all those guys, I, I mean, that's just nuts. And I think what that kind of speaks to is what I talked about in my 10th point is that, you know, he's still getting better and better. And when you look at him um, year to year, and I did have to combine 2012 and 2013 because I think for the NFL to qualify for rate stats, they want you to have like, I think it's like 225 uh, attempts in a season. So I combined those two. But looking at completion percentage, uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, QB rating, uh, QBR, DVOA, all like the super advanced stats we talked about before, his worst part or year segment, whatever you want to call it, because I combined 12 and 13, was 2012 and 2013. It's his first time in the NFL. His second worst in all those was his second year. And in five out of those seven stats, his best season was last season, was 2016. Every single year, he's gotten better in every one of those metrics. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, I talked about a lot of the other guys in their age 28 seasons, they were in their fifth and sixth season as a starter. What, what is Cousins going to look like in his fifth or sixth season? I mean, I hope it's with us, and we can find out that way. But I mean, who knows? Um, like, he's he got goes- a career ahead of him. He's he is clearly a professional quarterback. Uh, he's clearly going to be able to make a living doing this job for for as long as he wants to. Um, it's shocking right. to me that we're not even, you know, I, you know, all the news. It's like today's. It's like the news is just gets worse and worse, and, and even without any real official anything, all this crap about potential infighting and he, he, you know we're not going to do this and he's not going to do that. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, this is. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. But until until it's totally effed, um, I I think that it it could easily still happen. I mean, but all this this article to me is is like a stark uh, reminder to all the, all those people that we're friends with, all like my buddy James um, and certain other people, not James Dorsett, but 
but my, my uh, other buddy James. Um, were, you, were you talking about him in your article yesterday? Yes, yes. You said James, and I was like, I didn't say that. I oh, was yeah. like, I actually just heard an article. I said, he knows. That disagreed with that. He knows. He knows what he said. But, go ahead. but it's these yeah. these Kirk Cousins doubters. Um, because he, you know, until he actually walks on the water, you know, they're not all in. <laughs> so, you know, to me, this is like, listen, you like you are seeing something special, and I know it's not it's not showing up on the W and L uh, stat sheet just quite yet, and and it needs to, and, it, and I think it will. But this this is the kind of player that you invest in. I mean, this is the whole reason why you yep. run professional football organizations to draft players like this, develop them. Watch them perform at an ultra high level and keep them. It's it's like a homegrown talent. Uh, it, the, the 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 possibility that it's even possible that we wouldn't sign him to a long term deal to me is, I mean, it's it's like op- It's like up is down, down is up. You know, I don't, I would, I wouldn't, un- you know, understand the world that I woke up in that day. It, it's kind of sickening. I mean, I, I'm really concerned about who we're going to have in there next year if it's not him. I mean, Colt McCoy and Nate Sudfell, I, I'm not. I'm going to watch them, but I wouldn't even want to watch the games, honestly, deep down. And, and then the rest of the list, you know, looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Schaub, who I said was good a while ago. Not anymore. Throw you a pick six a game. Case Keenum, Josh McCown. I mean, maybe we get Romo or Tyrod as free agents. Romo makes me want to throw up too. The idea of that, but I mean, it's it's just bad. And I I dare I dare Dan Snyder to to hire Tony Romo as the quarterback of the oh, Washington Redskins. The I dare him. I I dare you, Dan Snyder. That would be to me. That would be the biggest fu. To every Redskins fan, like the real like icing on the cake. There's like happy 20 year anniversary. I've I've owned the team for 20 years. This time I'm going all the way up to my wrist in your five hole. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I mean, like yeah. they, he better not. He better not. I mean that that to me, just the the, the thought of the, something like that is even possible. Uh, makes me extremely stressed, very stressed out. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think at that point, you know, he would have reached the height of, of trolldom, and it would all, almost make you wonder if, like, he just bought the team, you know, as a joke, like uh, trading places or something, and just made a bet with somebody, I- I'm going to screw over the whole Redskins franchise and make them think I'm the worst owner of all time. Like, it, it, you'd have to think that. Okay. I, I, I think you guys saw at the last show that, um, you know, Cousins doesn't have the – charisma and stuff. So if he's big on appearances, you would have to think he wouldn't want to sign the quarterback of, you know, uh, our, our tribal, but you never know. Um, but what, one thing I wanted to say, cause I, I didn't really touch on the contract that much, but I did put in the poll, you know, should we make Kirk cousins the highest paid player in NFL history? And I was worried that that might throw some people off and reading the comments. I think it did. Cause I don't think a lot of people understand the cyclical way that the NFL works. And, you know, when you're a quarterback and it's your turn, you're pretty much going to end up in the top three highest paid players in the NFL. And the way it works, that means you're going to be the highest paid or top three highest paid of all time. And before the show, I looked at this and uh, that site spot rack, I don't know how to say it right, but it's the contract site. Love they it. do My like fair site. market values. Yeah, yeah, and they have a fair market value for Cousins at $23.7 million. Correct. So I feel like we, you know, if we give him a $25 million, he would take that, 
And, you know, to your point in one of your articles, what's the difference between one million a year or a million and a half a year? What, Zero so difference. Like six million oh, over the course, the life of a contract. Who gives a shit about six million when you're looking or working with a cap that's going to be like 200 million in, you know, a couple of years? And we're not talking about six million in one year. We're talking about it, you know, over the course of like his whole contract. Yeah. And Andrew Luck has the highest contract right now in NFL history. And I think it's like 124 million. If we just give him 25 million a year for five years, actually, I looked at the number 25.4 million a year. That would put him at the highest contract value in the NFL. That would be ahead of Jay Cutler. I don't know how the hell Jay Cutler is number one there. And it would be ahead of uh, Andrew Luck for highest average salary per year. And why don't we do that? Because we're paying him or raising a franchise tag and pay him $24 million. So, again, to your point, spend another $2 million, show him some love. We already really threw some shade at him and, and basically showed him some hate last year when we lowballed him like that. Show him a little bit of love with a couple million extra and get the deal done. You know, keep us competitive. It's not that difficult. And a lot of people will freak out if we make him the highest paid player ever, or if the 49ers do, but it's not really that crazy when you really look at the numbers and think about it. Bill and Bangkok, by the way, did some really good articles on that. That really, I think illuminated things, but I I just don't get it. I think we just need to show him the love and and show him the money. Gary McGuire style. You know, Kirk Cousins, is I think he's going to be a great player for for us. Hopefully, um, the fact I guess, I guess the one fact I, this is the this is the kind of thing I have to start guarding myself. You know, against I have to tell myself. It, of course, it's possible we could you know someday someday maybe have a quarterback who is even like you know eighty percent of what this guy's giving us. Uh, if we right. if we hit it big in the draft or. Um, or have to spend on someone else's guy. But to me, it's the decision-making behind not offering him that kind of deal because there's just no reason not to. There's no reason not to. You always have enough room. I I don't feel... Listen, when we signed Albert Hainsworth, for example, um, for $100 million, Uh. he had a ton of talent. Talent Talent-wise, he had it. The reason why everyone felt so weird about it was because of the kind of guy he was. Uh, yep. When we made Adam Archuleta the highest paid safety ever, um, everyone's like, yeah, you know, his wife is like super hot, but he can't cover anybody. Um, and he didn't even get see the field. So you, Kirk Cousins, you know he's, you know he's going to play. You know he's a high... He's going to be out there every snap. He's that's a that's high, what he's been doing. He's so a high-performance player on every single play on offense. Um, where else are you going to put your money? Like, where else would you put your money? Of exactly. course, there, there's no knot in my stomach about paying him $25 million a season uh, because he, where else are you going to put your money? Exactly. I feel like if, if, if we trade him, we might as well just rebuild because we already have other holes on the team, um, which, by the way, even if we do pay him, we still have plenty of money. That's what uh, Bill's article showed to, to find other guys and and rebuild that way. But I feel like if, if we get rid of him, we might as well do a full rebuild because the thing too is Colt McCoy is not the long-term answer. We all know that. And let's say we get two first round picks. Well, one of them's going to a quarterback. So you're, it's like, you're really only getting one first round pick for him. And you don't know what the new quarterback is going to be like. He could suck. You know, the, the bus rate is incredibly high for 
quarterbacks, even first-round quarterbacks. Look at RG3. Well, as Kevin Ewald aptly pointed out the other night, I believe Rex Grossman is still available technically. So we could save <laughs> a, a, a draft pick. Um, I, you know, I there can't. Let's not. Let's not just. Let's leave that. Let's leave that behind us. I just can't. I can't do it, James. We we have until it doesn't happen. I'm going to allow myself to think that it still could happen, Um, because and your article is the shining light uh, of my you know kind of approach to this whole thing. I hope they print out a copy of this and put it on Bruce Allen's desk and Mr. Dan Snyder's desk. Um, And I want to thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on anytime. Yeah, we're going to have you uh, to the basement, I think, uh, for a glass of, let's see, maybe a little red breast, maybe a little tealing. Ooh, Who I, knows? Who knows what we'll have? I am down. I'm, I'm not that far away, and I'm down to party and, and talk more Redskins whenever you guys <laughs> want. That's what the basement seat. That should be, we'll have to put that uh, uh, on our um, you know, mission statement. We're looking for statisticians who are down to party. That's me, man. That's my tagline. On behalf of Tim Strachan and Kevin Ricca, who are vacationing together this weekend in the Pocomos, um, wish you guys the best. I hope uh, that uh, champagne-filled jacuzzi can handle some things up there. Uh, I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible. Hey,